Hey there, and welcome to another episode of IoT This Week. It is episode 17, and it is May 6, 2016. I'm Craig Smith. We've got um, quite a few items from the last couple of weeks, so let's go ahead and get started. All right, so first up, Nokia um, bought Withings for $191 million. So this was all over the news when it happened, so you may have already happened to have um, seen this story. But yeah, Nokia, uh, basically they're trying to get back into the um, consumer brand or consumer market um, with the purchase of Withings, which makes um, wearables and various like wearable health devices. Um, they've actually got a pretty good smartwatch um, that actually looks more like a regular watch. However, it's got some smart features in it. Um, but anyway, they're trying to get back into or, you know, get back as a consumer brand after selling off their uh, mobile phone business to uh, Microsoft a few years ago. So anyway, yeah, Nokia buys Withings, so we'll see how this goes. Um, since Withings does, actually, they make some pretty nice products, um, so we'll see what Nokia does with it. Hopefully they'll um, make it even better, but uh, yeah, um, hopefully it goes well for Nokia. And then our next story is something I think most folks in the security industry are probably already aware of, um, since it's already affecting lots of other things in InfoSec, and now... <clears throat> But will probably eventually, well, for sure, it'll probably eventually affect IoT devices, given that the given the poor security that's in devices currently. Um, but anyway, so the Institute of Critical Infrastructure Technology (ICIT) it's a think tank. Um, but anyway, they were um, you know looking at IoT devices, and they've determined that ransomware threatens IoT devices. So I don't think that's that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, yeah, for sure. Eventually, there's going to be something that happens, especially with the millions of different devices out there, and you know, millions of them, millions of identical devices, probably having all the same insecurity and all the same vulnerabilities associated with them. So, um, yes, yeah, so I don't think this is any big revelation to anybody, but uh, yeah, some think tank came up and determined that uh, ransomware threatens IoT devices. So there you go. And then the next story involves something that I've mentioned probably a couple times in past podcast. And this involves all the various um, wireless protocols that are associated with IoT. So you've got some that are in the news all the time, like, you know, well, there's regular Wi-Fi, there's Zigbee, there's Z-Wave, Bluetooth, um, those sort of things. But the some of the companies, there's some companies that are developing what they're calling low-power wide area um, network protocols. So one of those that I've discussed is called LORATS, L-O-R-A, so that's one that's being deployed currently. A lot of this is going on in Europe. Um, but it looks like Vodafone, um, which I think that's a um, mobile company, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Or some telecom company over in the UK or Europe. But anyway, they're looking to bring forth yet another IoT standard. It's called NB-IoT. So again, it's a low. It's another low-power um wide area network technology. So again, it'll probably be competing against LoRa, which is um, from Sigfox, uh, which is a French company. So yeah, I don't know, just to, yeah, it's just just to add some more confusion to all the protocols out there. Um, looks like somebody else, Vodafone, is actually bringing forth another one. So I don't know, at some point, um, all these protocols are gonna have to like sort themselves out and somebody's gonna have to pick, pick one or two and go with them. But uh, my guess is it'll probably be a while before all these it's probably going to take um, consolidation to happen within IoT to actually start, you know, 
whittling down some of these protocols that are out there and actually standardizing on some of them. So anyway, yeah, yet another protocol, NB-IoT. And then a story from Microsoft. Um, they've brought forth a, um, basically it's Microsoft's take on IFTTT, if then, if this, then that. Um, so anyway, I haven't looked at it. Um, actually, there's a link to the article in the show notes. Um, apparently, let's see, yeah, it looks like actually the service is live now. So if you haven't messed with if, the, if this, then that, um, it's actually pretty cool because you can set up different triggers and various things. Like you could set up a trigger to like, you post something on your, you know, Facebook page or whatever, then it sends out a trigger and then automatically tweets things out and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, the original, you know, IFTTT, it's actually pretty cool. So we'll see what uh, Microsoft's take take is on it. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I haven't looked at it, um, but definitely probably worth having a look at it. And then the next story, which again, it's kind of along the lines of, how much different things and just craziness is going on in IOT. Um, just like we've got with the protocols, we've got everybody trying to bring forth their own protocols, um, wireless protocols, IOT protocols, and so forth. Um, but we also have tons of, tons of various IOT platforms. So Samsung, which already has the um, smart things um, ecosystem, which also has a cloud service behind it. Um, they're also, so in addition to that, uh, Samsung's actually going to, they're bringing forth a platform called Arctic, which I've talked about this in past podcasts. So they're going to kind of, I guess they're going to end up with um, two platforms that both have cloud services on the back end, looks like. Um, so I don't know what they're going to, I don't know if they're going to end up ultimately consolidating these things into two things or one thing, one offering or what, but uh Anyway, um, yeah, Samsung's got another uh, IoT platform out there um, called Arctic. Um, And then something we'll uh, touch on just in a few minutes, um, the smart things. Um, If you probably haven't seen the story on that, actually the smart things was actually hacked. Um, So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, But yeah, there you go. And then it looks like um, Broadcom, um, which if folks aren't familiar, I mean, a lot of the, there's a lot of, the network adapters and various other things and computers now Broadcom does a lot of that um, like Wi-Fi um, Wi-Fi circuit boards and that sort of thing um, so actually apparently they're they sold off their um, wireless IOT business unit for 550 million dollars to Cypress Semiconductor so it's kind of interesting that um, Broadcom which is actually pretty heavily involved with um, Various networking and so forth is actually just jumped out of the completely jumped out of the IoT market by selling off their um, IoT unit. So yeah, there's some more information in the uh, show notes with a link to it. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting to see um, a company like Broadcom jumping out of the market like that. So a little bit of news in regards to the U.S. smart home business. So a report from BI Intelligence and the link to the articles again it's in the show notes. So it looks like um, the smart, well, according to them, at least the U.S. smart home market's kind of struggling right now. So one of the examples they put forth, and this is something I actually hadn't heard of until um, I just read this article, but Quirky, and you probably haven't heard of them, but they actually, they owned Wink, which you may have heard of them. They actually do some pretty popular IoT devices. Uh, but anyway, apparently Quirky um, sold off 
that particular business unit, Wink, and they've actually filed for Chapter 11. So kind of along the lines of what I was talking about earlier where we're probably going to need to see some consolidation and then there's probably going to be some weak companies that get get kind of locked out of the market, which seems like what's, which is what has happened to Quirky. Um, so, yeah, so according to uh, BI Intelligence, the uh, U.S. Smart home, smart home market's actually um, struggling right now. So some of the key takeaways in the report that they mentioned in here, um, smart home devices are becoming more prevalent throughout the U.S. Um, yeah, I think that's a given. Um, currently, the U.S. smart home market... Um, according to them as a whole is in the um, chasm, which I guess that's probably a, that's a good description of it. It's in a chasm of um, tech, adop tech adoption. Um, high prices coupled with uh, limited consumer demand and long device replacement cycles. Um, the largest barrier is techno technological fragmentation um, within the connected home ecosystem. So yeah, so like I said, the uh, IOTs right now, it's like it's kind of there's tons of IoT platforms. There's tons of devices that all do the same thing. So they're all trying to push their own ecosystem. So, yeah, from a consumer standpoint, I can see the confusion um, and just you know kind of just getting um, frustrated with trying to pick a particular ecosystem because we've seen some that like just decided, um, yeah, like like with Nest Resolve. Or res sorry, Revolve, they just decided to close down the device and just close down the service. So consumers are probably a little wary of that now. So anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to uh, see how this plays out so, because I think maybe in the long run there may need to be some, well, there's for sure there's going to be consolidation at some point, but maybe it needs to happen sooner or later so that consumers can have some kind of confidence in that the one, the company's not going to go bankrupt because they can't sell enough of it and Two, they're not just going to shut down the system because they feel like it. Um, and maybe after the consolidations happen, consolidation happens and there's you know a few strong companies out there pushing their ecosystems, maybe at that point consumers can have confidence in that, hey, I'm going to buy a purchase from this particular vendor um, and they're going to stay, a while, stay aware, around a while so you know, I can keep buying things from their ecosystem and not just you know spend money and then all of a sudden have them shut it down and now I've wasted all this money. So... Anyway, um, interesting report from BI Intelligence on uh, U.S. smart home market. And for the next story, so we'll go back to Samsung. And I mentioned this um, earlier in the podcast. So Samsung's smart home system um, apparently got hacked by some folks at the University of Michigan um, where they had a research team. Obviously, they were looking at some of the Samsung the smart home devices and so forth. So... Basically, what they came up with, um, just a few bullet points as far as the vulnerabilities they found. Um, so, what they found in the smart, the uh, Samsung, the Smart Things platform, um, excessive access rights for the primary mobile applications, um, insecure third-party application um, with excessive rights to other application, other application data or services. Um, and then social engineering attacks against mobile users. So anyway, so that's kind of the summary of the three they found. Um, anyway, the article's in the show notes again. And it's probably worth reading the whole thing just to see exactly what they did. But, uh, yeah, it's not uh, it's not surprising. Um, 
that they actually found vulnerabilities in some of these IoT devices. Because as we, as I've discussed before in past bar, podcast, I mean, we've done our own research and found various things like this before. So anyway, I think the hits will keep on coming as far as vulnerabilities go in IoT systems until uh, until some of these guys get get to the point to where they can't afford to rush these things to market without uh, baking in security. And then it looks like in the next story, so Intel has apparently decided to, um, you know, basically give up on the smartphone market. Not that they, I mean, not that they came out and said, oh, hey, we're giving up on the smartphone market. But basically they were trying to get into the um, smartphones by using or trying to um, sell their Intel Atom chips as something that could be used in mobile devices. Um, but they kind of missed the boat on that one and ARM kind of took all that business away from them. Um, it's funny. I read a story about Intel when they, Apple, back in the day, Apple actually came to them to try and use Intel chips in the iPhone. And basically Intel said, yeah, we don't really think you're going to sell many of them. Um, so it won't be worth our time for R and D to build a chip for it. So Anyway, that one's obviously, you know, hindsight, that was obviously a pretty bad decision on Intel's part. Um, but anyway, yeah, it looks like they've um, kind of just given up on the uh, whole mobile device market at this point, though. And then back to Microsoft. So, yeah, it seems like we've got multiple stories about Microsoft, multiple stories about Samsung and so forth in this week's podcast. So, yeah, that's rather interesting. Uh, but anyway, so it looks like Microsoft has actually bought a IoT company called Solair, S-O-L-A-I-R. Um, so obviously the company's focused on uh, IoT services for business. Um, so Microsoft actually hasn't said, or at least I haven't seen it, um, where they've actually you know, given or put forth what their exact plans are for this company. Um, but I think most people probably expect them to kind of roll it into their Azure IoT suite. Um, but anyway, um, well, it'd be interesting to see what Microsoft does with this company. So anyway, so... Again, Microsoft bought a IoT company called Solaire. All right, so those are the news items for the last couple of weeks. So a few things from the uh, security and privacy front. So a or the Senate or a Senate panel has actually passed or Senate panel passes an Internet of Things bill. So basically, what this bill does is actually it's going to uh, or what it's supposed to do. We'll see if it actually does anything or not. Um, so what it's supposed to do is actually create a working group, uh, which includes a lot of um, government agencies like the Federal Trade Commission, Federal Communications Commission, et cetera. Um, and then it's also supposed to set up a steering committee that includes um, various industry stakeholders. So anyway, so it's meant to be to start putting together some guidance for the U.S. because um, we've seen other countries like China, they've already put put together like guidance from the government on what to kind of do with IOT. Um, so I guess now finally the uh, U.S. has finally decided they want to get on board of this IOT thing. So anyway, um, like I said, we'll see if this actually actually does anything um, good for IOT. Um, hopefully it will. Um, but anyway, either way, it's good to see that at least they're, you know, um, trying to do something to put together some uh, IOT guidance um, in the U.S. government. And then an interesting article on the, uh, obviously on the Internet of Things. So basically they were kind of just throwing this out here, like, you know, would new regulations for IoT actually help or hurt um, the industry? So, yeah, I don't know. So really I don't know 
which way. Yeah, I don't know if whether it really whether it would help or hurt. Um, the only thing I can say from a security standpoint, um, given that a lot of these devices are being thrown out on the market without any security considerations at all, and the fact that tons of people have come out, uh, you know, publicly come forth with vulnerabilities in I in all these IoT devices, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better at this point. Um, I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe the companies will actually start making these th things better on their own. Um, but at this point, at least from a security standpoint, it seems like there needs to be some kind of regulation in place to make sure these devices are secure enough to um, not put consumers at risk uh, when they actually put these in their home and on their home network and so forth. Um, some, some people say regulation isn't needed, um, that we can actually just you know, let the lawsuits happen, um, and let that kind of, let it kind of go down that road. Um, the only thing is that when the, for lawsuits to happen, bad things usually have to happen. So kind of my take on that is why let bad things happen in the first place if you don't need to. Um, but again, like I said, a lot of these companies aren't really, they're trying to make a quick book and they're not really interested in putting devices out there that are safe to begin with. Um, so maybe lawsuits are what's needed. Um, I don't know. Maybe, but like I said, maybe regulations is the way to go. I don't know. I don't know what the um, solution to this is. But either way, it's interesting to think about um, whether we actually need some kind of stronger regulation to uh, kind of help IoT um, get going and not be such a um, something bad, you know, just to keep happen, keep having things bad happen down the road with vulnerabilities and you know just things not being safe to put on your home network when it comes to IoT because obviously these there's lots of good things that IoT devices and IoT in general can do um, for everybody um, but obviously we need it to be safe so yeah we'll see where this goes and then finally NIST has put put out a special publication so this one's 800-160 and it's called systems security engineering and integrated approach to building trustworthy resilient systems so the uh, publication it's i mean it's relevant to existing systems that are out there i mean because basically the whole publication is about baking security into you know whatever you're making so it's kind of not all, like I said, not only relevant to what's out there now, but it's it's extremely relevant to um, all the IoT devices and ecosystems and platforms that are being um, brought on the market today. So again, the whole gist of this um, publication is to try to guide guide people, guide um, developers into baking security into you know the very core of what they're making. So it's, again, it's 800-160. So it's based on um, the uh, international ISO, IEC, IEEE standard 15288 for systems and software engineering. So if you're looking to um, make devices or you're looking to advise people to make devices, again, this is probably a, I haven't read the whole thing, but uh, usually NIST publications are, you know, spot on and, uh, something you want to definitely something you want to reference um, when you're uh, looking at either traditional I, IT systems or looking at new IOT um, ecosystems. And then on the uh, industrial IOT side of things, um, so one of the articles I found this week um, is from uh, Plant Engineering. So it's called Three Ways to Leverage IIoT. 
So I'm not going to get too much into it, but basically the kind of the three ways they threw out there um, are create efficiency through a better understanding of operations, increase production, explore new business models, and leverage smart technologies to drive innovation. So I don't know if these any of these things, some of these things seem like they're pretty obvious, but uh, anyway, they might not be to some people. But again, the uh, anyway, the um, article links in the show notes. So if you're, if you're involved with um, industrial IoT, probably definitely take a look at that. Um, just add some uh, good information. All right. So, and finally, uh, a few things for, um, or under the learning about IoT section. Um, so I'd mentioned, and again, this is all in the show notes. Um, I had mentioned last podcast or maybe a couple, couple podcasts ago. So there was a course that uh, that's out there called practical reverse engineering part one um so they actually there's actually the practical reverse engineering part two so definitely have a look at that if you're interested in in uh, reverse engineering um and i think a lot of it has to do with like um it, around iot devices and so forth so definitely have a look at that um couple other things um i'm actually going to be putting together a firmware analysis course um so i'm going to just get started on that um i expected it'll probably be out there um available sometime in july hopefully before uh, black hat and defcon um and then one of the other interesting things i'm taking a look at um so i've actually bought one of the and i think i mentioned this um in an earlier podcast um i've actually bought the bit defender device um which actually um, sells itself as something that you can put in your home and actually protect all your IOT devices. So we'll see, I want to, you know, kind of put that to the test and see if it actually, you know, what it does and actually what it protects against and so forth. So that'll be a report or something, or I'll just talk about on the podcast, something that will be coming out soon. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but anyway, other than that, that is the podcast for this week um again um as i like to mention all the podcasts if you're interested in in getting involved in iot one of the things easiest things you can do is actually get um, or join your local owasp group um and there is a owasp internet of things project that uh, myself and daniel meisler run um so definitely take a look at that site but again um you know get involved with owasp if you're uh, interested in iot so anyway, I'm uh, Craig Smith. If you have any feedback, um, you can like uh, respond in the comments for the show notes or you can reach me on the Twitters at CraigZ28 or you can email me at CraigZ28 at CraigSmith.net. But anyway, that's it for this week and have a great day.